You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, then come and join us and be a part of the Passion Church family. You can visit our website, passionchurchmo.com, to find out more about us. If you're, if you're live streaming today, God bless you. Welcome to Passion Church. We're glad that you could be a part. And uh, if, you're, if you're watching by Roku, God bless you. So glad that you could be with us. <laughs> oh, it gets crazier from here, so just hang on. Strap yourself in. Exodus, the third chapter. We're going to start with the first verse. Uh, everybody look at your watch. Give a big sigh because it's a quarter to noon. Just go ahead and give a big sigh. Get it over with. I will do my best to be timely today, I promise, but I can't promise what happens when the anointing kicks in. All right. I'm going to read out of the King James, got the these and the thous. Are you ready? Verse 1, chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God unto Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Does that seem a little odd to you? Hmm. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. The bush was not consumed. I wish you would have washed these glasses before you gave them to me. There's like spots in front of my eyes. I'm like... (laughs) And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Anytime God repeats, he's trying to get your attention. And he said, and he said, Moses said, here am I. And he said, draw nigh hither. Hither just means get here. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Mm. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. How many of you would be afraid to look upon God if he showed up in a burning bush in the middle of your house? Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. Mm, One of the things we need to understand is that we have not a high priest that isn't touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but he absolutely understands what you're going through because he became God incarnate. He came down as a man and walked the plight that we walk in a sinful, mixed up, messed up generation. He who knew no sin became the uh, sacrifice for our sin to buy us out of all of the mistakes that we've made underneath the first birth under the first man, Adam. And so I want you to understand that even in the days of Moses before Jesus Christ, God was concerned with the affliction of his people. He's always wanted to help hurting people. You are the crown jewel of his creation. 
Of all the things that astound man in science, you are the thing that God prizes above everything else. I don't know what that does for you, but that excites me. I'd slap my neighbor a high five and say, hot dog, I'm pretty important. Mm. So I want to take a, a walk as quickly as I can down this road and this, this encounter that Moses had on the backside of a desert. And because of time factor, I will probably stick pretty close to no, notes today because I don't want to belabor and, and hold you extra uh, unless the Holy Ghost is in it. Otherwise, it's just vain babblings, all right? But I, if I was going to title this message today, it would be Burn, Baby, Burn. Mm, slap your neighbor a high five and say, this is going to get crazy up in here today. Mm. So, now think about this. Preparation. This is my first point I want to talk about. When God wants you, he will prepare a way to get to you. When God wants your attention, he will appear in the middle of your mundane to let you know he's still on the throne. We're talking about a God who desires you. I don't know if you understand this. God is crazy in love with you. He thinks you are the, this is not good English, he thinks you are the Bob Diggity. And he won't do without you. He doesn't, he, he could, but he won't. In fact, in the earth, he won't do anything in his will in the earth. He won't superimpose anything unless he can get a man to side with him. That's God. He loves you so much, he won't override just to get into your life. No, he woos you to him. And so just like when you're dating, how many of you young ladies when you were dating, it took you a little bit to get prepared. Huh? Come on. I know, I know times have changed. People do things differently. But I remember back in the day, I remember when, you know, when I was a kid and I watched my uncles and their dates and all these things, you know, the girls had them big rollers in their hair. They had weird-looking cream on their face. Mm. And that was the night before going to bed knowing they were going to get up the next day, and they were going to, by the time they were done, they were more painted than Jezebel ever could have thought of being. I just got up people all upset. Now, ladies, quit it. <laughs> Guys, get all, I heard all them nasty comments back there. Guys, are, guys we're like, we're kind of clueless. We think a little high karate aftershave, only the old folks got that. That hasn't been high karate for years. Old Spice is making a comeback, though. Anyway, God prepares when he wants to meet with you because he wants to get to your heart. And so he'll do something to catch your attention. Now, now I know I was being silly, and I'm going to be silly for just another moment. Come on, guys. Come on. When that girl who was made up walked by you, didn't you go, mm-hmm? We were sitting last night. <laughs> we were sitting last night at the table, and we were talking with Sunshine Road, which is another singing group. They might show up here tonight. 
And we were talking with them, and we were asking uh, as a husband and wife team, and we were asking them how they met. She went into a 20-minute discourse of how they got together and how the Lord had to shine a bright light. It was crazy. And we got to Kevin. We said, Kevin, what was it about uh, Rochelle that, that got you? And he said, she's pretty. Simple. Men are simple. That's why ladies do all that, because they know we simple. They got to hear a word from God, but you and I are just like, she purdy. <laughs> come on, come on. But God prepares, and he's, he's, he's preparing this moment and this encounter with Moses because Moses had an inkling of what it was God wanted him to do. He, he understood that he was set apart for something special. He wanted to help his people get free from their oppressors and the affliction. But he didn't know how. How often have you recognized a call in your life? I'm going to do something. This is really uncouth, especially since we're on television. Thank you. That's true love when you can hand your gum to your wife. <laughs> but Moses recognized the call on his life, but he failed to deliver that call. He tried it in his own strength. Have you ever tried to work something of God in your own strength? How many knows it'll always end up a miserable failure? And so Moses was a miserable failure. What he was trying to do was to free his people. He ended up in a murderous situation only to find out that the people he was trying to deliver despised him for the way he did it. And so Moses is, has now been on the backside of a desert 40 years of humility and wandering. How many knows sometimes God's timetable and yours is different? Because he knows just exactly what it takes to get you to the place where he can finally talk to you. Because so often we're so full of ourselves that it takes a little humbling in our life for God to really get to our heart. Because we think we all that in a bag of chips. There's so much humility in this room right now. Now, we, we, we're self-willed, so we live our life for ourselves most of the time. And Moses was trying to do God's work by his own motives. And God had to put him on the backside of a desert chasing sheep. <laughs> a ruler in Egypt. He came from the ruling class of Egypt. Pharaoh was his uncle. He was used to fine dining, and now he's in the backside of a desert. <laughs> he was used to having people come and go and serve him and do and, and lead. And, and now all of a sudden, <laughs> he's just running around in the desert and he's circling. And he's living in tents. And he's working for his father-in-law. And he's forgotten. And after 40 years, don't you think you'd start to feel really forgotten? Where are you, God? How many have ever had the where are you God moment? And so Moses was having that where are you God moment. 
But what he didn't know was God was preparing for an encounter. God was in preparing to get right in the middle of his whole hum every day, monotonous routine. So God found a bush, an ordinary bush. But when God gets in an ordinary bush, it becomes an extraordinary bush. Because only God could get into the middle of a bush that's dry and would normally burn up by the consummation or the consuming power of God and it not burn. Only an extraordinary God could do such an extraordinary thing. But this bush couldn't have just been a bush because when God's in it, it's an extraordinary bush. This bush held God's presence. And this was God's intention for Moses. An ordinary man is going to approach an ordinary bush with an extraordinary God on the inside. And God is drawing him to go, I want an ordinary man that I can make extraordinary. Mm, I don't know if that makes you want to shout, but that makes me want to shout. So God always has a draw. How many understand that fire is a draw? If you don't think so, go out to Phil's house. He'll light a fire. When he lights a fire, everybody comes. We love when Phil makes a fire because with that comes hot dogs and sticks. Mm. Let a house in this town catch on fire. Everybody goes. Fire has a draw to it. There's something about fire. The beauty is that fire is God's nature. How many have ever read the word where God said, I am a consuming fire? There's something about God. He, he, he'll draw us like a moth, draw us to his presence like a moth drawn to a flame. The moth has to somehow know there's some danger in that, but he's got to get close just to see, and if he gets too close, poof. And God does this knowing he's a consuming fire. He's saying, hey, follow me. Hey, let's have an encounter. Let's have a talk. And so the bush is burning, and there's a draw there. How many understand that fire can be both useful and destructive? Mm. We're drawn to both. I made you some examples. Let a building in this town go up. We'll be drawn over there even though it's destructive. And we'll all stand around and we'll, we'll go, come on. But then when we get a good bonfire, we're all, woohoo, party's on. And there's two sides to the fire. And it's no different in the spiritual as it is in the natural. In the natural, we can draw some conclusions about fire. In the spiritual, we can draw the same conclusions, that if you're going to stand before God, it can be both useful and destructive in your life, and sometimes both at the same time. Look at this. Even a forest that burns, fertilizes, regerminates 
the seed that's been planted, and soon it becomes a forest again. God can burn off the, the, the unwanted, the dead, the dry, the worn out, and then cause the ground to reproduce something new and fresh and vibrant again. And sometimes God needs to burn off your forest in your soul in order for you to get to the place where he can produce what it is he desires up out of your life. Because when you're so full of yourself, you can't see the forest for the trees. And sometimes he has to clear the path. Mm, Is this too hard? So Moses uh, uh, will be drawn by the fire for a consummation. He's going to burn up in the, in the presence of God his self-willed man-made plans. You see, when God uses fire for a destruction, it has an ultimate purpose for a regrowing. And so in his life, Moses was approaching this fire because God was knowing that now he's walked around, he's gotten to the place where he's humble enough now that I can draw him in and have a conversation with my man. He comes in self-willed, but when he leaves that encounter, he is a totally different man. He has been consumed by the power of God. He's been consumed by the presence of God. Now his heart beats with the voice of God. His ears ring when God said, tell them I am that I am has come to deliver you. Let your people know that their 400 years of bondage and silence is over. Their God has heard their cry and you are the man you were the man before you ended up in the wilderness but because you weren't close to me and didn't know how to get to me and didn't have an encounter with me you tried it in your own strength but I'm here now to release you from your self-willed living and to put my heart in your chest so that when your heart beats you feel my heart and when you feel my heart you'll be useful for my purposes in the kingdom who can say amen to that Mm. So like the bush, God is preparing Moses for his presence. The bush would have been consumed otherwise had God not prepared that moment and sent his angel. And he's also sending Moses in the same way. I'm going to clear out the unnecessary and fill you with the absolute of what you need. And that is me. Who could say amen to that? The third thing I want you to understand is that when he stood before that bush, it was a holy encounter. I didn't go far enough in the story, but when he was standing there, he was told to take off his shoes. He was told to get his shoes off because the ground where you're standing is holy. You're standing in the presence of God, and you need to remove your shoes and recognize that you need to be subservient to the power that's called you here. Mm. Now, there is no Hebrew word for the word shoes. There is none. The closest we have in the word is the word is the word that represents the word bar b a r it means fortress it means a place of strength now there's two th- schools of thought here and let me share them with you quickly a 
Feet were considered loathsome in the Bible and biblical culture. That's why you saw foot washing ceremonies. Because wherever people walked, their feet got dirty. And wherever they went, their feet became defiled and filthy. And when you invited a guest into your home, you provided water for them. And you would, you or someone in your family or someone who was a servant in your family would bow down to anyone who was coming into your home and you would help them to wash their feet. Oftentimes, you just provided water and let them wash their own feet because in, in that culture, it was disgusting to touch feet. Disgusting. That's what makes stories like Mary bending down at the feet of Jesus who'd been snubbed by society and hadn't even been given water to wash his feet. While the religious crowd was mocking him, she broke into that supper unannounced, uninvited, and she got down at his feet and she began to weep and wash his feet with her tears, touching the defilement that was on his feet and humbling herself and wiping them with her hair, which in the Bible is her glory. You never approach a holy God with defilement in your life that he's not going to require that you remove the defilement from you. Who could say amen to that? So don't bring defilement before me, God is saying to him. And the second school of thought here is by removing his shoes, the fortress of his life, He's telling him, you need to let down your guard and let me be your strength. Let down or let me past your walls and let me be your protector. Instead of you thinking you got to jump up and fight every battle, let me be the battle warrior in your life. Let me fight your battles. So first, don't approach me with defilement. Second of all, let me be your guard. Let me be your protector. Let me be the watchman on your wall. Let me be your guard and your rear guard. For God wants your deliverance, and he wants your trust. And when you encounter him, he wants you to know he has your back. That's why he said, take off your shoes, When you approach me, I want you to get rid of the defilement. I want you to walk into the holy place, into my presence. There be consumed by who I am. And in that consummation, I want you to understand that I have just become, like in a marriage covenant, I have become your everything. You cease to exist, and you come into me. You're no longer Moses. You're I am's Moses. You're no longer self-willed. You're God-willed. You no longer have to fight life's battles by yourself, you've got a warrior and a watchman on the wall who will fight for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. The next part of this, while he's speaking to him and while he tells him to remove his shoes, he then goes on to tell him in the story, I've heard the cry 
of the people of your people in Egypt. And I'm calling you to my task of delivering them from the hands of their taskmaster. He's telling them, he's telling Moses, look, you tried this once and you found out in human strength this don't work, but now you're going to do it my way. All I need you to be is my mouthpiece. And I'll work the miracles. I'll work the signs. I'll work the wonders. You speak my word. You hear my voice. You speak my word. You commune with me. I'll tell you what you need, and then you tell everyone else. When Moses stood before Pharaoh, he didn't stand before Pharaoh in his own strength. He stood before Pharaoh this time in God's strength. And so this burning bush experience was the call. What is the call? Number one, be my friend forevermore. God wants to be in my life. He wants to forevermore be my God, be my way, be my counsel, be my miracle worker, be my healer. God forevermore wants me to have an all-consuming relationship with him where he is the focus of my life because when my mind is on him, my mind's not on my problems. My mind's not on my difficulties. My mind's not on my, my mess-ups and my trip-ups and my shortcomings. My mind is upon him. He's my guard. He's my deliverer. He's the one that can bring me where I need to go. And God will call you when you have an encounter with his fire. He'll call you to carry his word, which is his authority. He'll call you to witness to his miracles. This is what he's saying to Moses. He's saying, teach them my law. Teach them my heart. They need to know how my heart beats. Demonstrate your trust in me through courage and not fear. Believe me against all odds. That's the calling of God. Number five, like Moses, we are being called into an experience with the consummation of fire, of the fire of God. There's a generation waiting for deliverance, and God needs people who will become consumed with him so that the next generation that needs deliverance can get the deliverance they need because we're consumed by him and not afraid of anything this life has to challenge us with, not afraid of the authorities that be, but we stand up and speak the oracle of God. I know society's backwards. I know it's upside down. I know things are topsy-turvy. I know that the, the, the societal influence is becoming stronger and stronger, and it's causing the world to follow after it because it offers a cotton candy dream that isn't real. And when we speak about the absolutes of God, it seems to them like a bondage, but there's nothing more freeing than the fire of God. And when they have their encounter with him, suddenly you don't care about being self-willed anymore. When you really know him as Lord and Savior, you don't care where your life goes, how it all ends, or where it's all going to end up. What you do care about is that you please him. Mm. I'm having fun. I can't tell if you are. So... There's a generation waiting for deliverance. They need us to courageously go where God is and bring his word, presence, call, and, to, uh, and deliverance and his delivering power to them. 
We must be less dignified and more solidified in word, action, and deed. That's what this encounter was about. Moses, are you willing to lose you? Are you willing to lose you? Because if you are, if you are, then I can use you. Moses, are you willing to be changed from the inside out? Moses, are you willing to go the extra mile? Moses, are you willing? Are you willing to put your, your life on the line? Are you willing to speak the truth even if it makes you sound dumb? Are you willing to suffer a little persecution? Are you willing to have someone mock your name? Are you willing for those around you to try to make your life a little harder because you try to tell the truth? Because if you are, then I can use you. I want to get to this and we'll finish. We need the understanding that God looks for a man in his wilderness. If you're having a wilderness experience today, I want you to understand you're in a good place. You're in a God place. Because if you're in a wilderness and you're not being able to find yourself or define life or figure out what the next step is, if you're in a place where you're trying to figure out the call of God for your life and the, 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 the will of God for your life and you're struggling with that, you're in a good place. It seems like a horrible place when you're there, but it's really a good place because what you're doing is you're coming to the end of yourself and God's about to reveal himself in your ordinary, mundane, messed up world. He's about to break in upon you with an incredible encounter because when you're least expecting an encounter, he will often appear to you to draw you to him. When you've wandered long enough to figure out deliverance isn't your best efforts, thoughts, or plans ever, but deliverance is found in your encounter with him, and you understand he's everything and I am nothing, you're in a good place. You're in a holy place. A holy place isn't a temple, a church, a meeting house. A holy place can be in a barn. A holy place can be in a field. A holy place can be beside your bed in your bedroom. A holy place could be running down the highway in your car and God breaks in upon you. Suddenly the ground is holy. We always wait and, and congregate and try to believe for that wonderful spot where we're going to get that extra uh, 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 revelation from God. I just want you to know, just if you're in a wilderness, just keep calling out his name. Just keep calling out his name. He's waiting to break in upon you. He wants to break in upon you. He's hungry to break in upon you because he wants to help you become the best you you can possibly be. Who could say amen to that? So we're almost finished. He's everything, I'm nothing, yet God's ability to change my world depends on my compliance and my obedience to him. Moses could not have changed his world nor delivered the children of Egypt had he not complied with this moment. He could have walked away and said, wow, wasn't that the craziest thing you've ever seen? Go back to tending sheep and do nothing. 
But he had to go to his father-in-law with a hard saying and say, look, I've tended your sheep, but now I got to go. Going to leave my daughter here, your daughter here with you, the one I married. Remember her, the one I said I'd take care of? I'm leaving her with you because I got to get over here and get done what God's called me to do. I bind the spirit of divorce, whoever heard that. I break that in the name of Jesus. What I'm talking about is he walked away from her for a season in his life to carry out the accomplishment of what God had to get done. Look at this. God wants the same for us. There's a generation waiting for people who are consumed by the power and the presence of God. Your burning bush experience is always on holy ground. Holy ground is always where you are, wherever you are with God. Your encounter will always be about consummation with God to equip you for your true assignment in him. So I want to leave you with one instruction. If you're in, an, if you're in a wilderness right now, hold on because God's about to reveal himself to you in a powerful way. If you've been wondering about your calling, hold on, don't give up, don't back down, don't quit, don't give up. God's about to appear, and he's going to appear right in the middle of your mundane circling. He's going, to, he's going to appear in the middle of your tent. He's going to come wherever you are. And when he shows up, it will be an all-consuming moment, and everything in you will, will, will be afraid and excited all at the same time. Everything in me, every time God's called me to something and had me launch out, I was scared to death and elated at the same time. Every time I've ever made a move for God and got outside of my box to let God be God in my life, it was the most difficult thing I ever did and the most exciting thing I ever did. And it always started with getting consumed with him in his presence, in prayer, on my knees, crying out to him, allowing my heart to be melt in his presence, and walking away knowing I've got God's mind on this situation. When I first drove past this building, we weren't even hardly planted in the little church over on Cedar. When we drove by this, I said, yes. I said, yes. <laughs> and then I found resistance, just like Moses did. <laughs> so then I tried to do something else. I found out, don't do something else. Don't do something else. But we always try. And you're going to have those moments when you revert back to your Moses mode instead of your I am mode. But if we'll stay with him, God will make the wildest thing happen for you. He'll open up doors you could not open. He'll touch lives you couldn't have touched in any other way. He'll put people in your pathway that you can't believe are now in your pathway. Since we came to this town, I met the mayor. I mean, not the mayor. I met the mayor here, but I met the governor. How did I meet the governor? Happened to be in my town. Why? Because God brought him here. 
so I could meet him. Why? Because one day I'm going to have to talk with him. I don't know why, but one day there's going to come a conversation between that man and I believe with all my heart. God's got something in this. You don't know what it is God's got for you, but I'm here to tell you whatever it is, it's exciting. It's scary, and it's exciting. And if I could leave you with one word of advice, don't resist your encounter with God. Give him everything. Surrender everything. When you walk away, if you decide, if you figure out that there's something you didn't leave in that encounter, run back to the encounter and leave it there and say, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. And here's my final instruction. When you get your moment with God, burn, baby, burn. When you get your moment with God, burn, 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 burn. Let the world know that you're burning with him. Let the world know. Let the pharaohs of your life know there's a deliverance coming. Let the people know there's a deliverance coming. If you know him the way I know, you don't have to live in bondage. You can forevermore be free. You can love him, know him, walk with him. You can have him straighten out all of the hills in your life and raise up the valleys if he needs to. He'll He'll give you a plane to walk on. He'll give you a word in your mouth. He'll work signs, wonders, and miracles in your life, and he'll put people in your encounter who will encounter Christ through you because you dare to burn, baby, burn. If you're going to burn for Jesus, give Jesus a hand clap. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, I ask, Father, that this was an encouragement to someone that somebody, Father, today heard in this little simple message, Father, something that they could hold on to. Father, the most exciting life to live is the one with Christ right in the middle, right in the center. We don't have to understand it all. We don't have to, to have it all figured out. All we have to do is surrender. And when we surrender, those difficult, hard, hard to maneuver, hard to figure out places become a lot more manageable. And so, Father, I ask, Lord, that under the sound of my voice, whether people are in this sanctuary, Father, those that might be watching by streaming or those that are watching by television, God, I pray right now that your spirit the spirit that was intended in this message, Father, would reach out and touch a heart and encourage someone who might be a little bit disgruntled today, encourage someone who maybe hasn't made that commitment, and they hear in this message the need to do so. Father, I magnify you. I glorify you. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment in this room, you're here this morning. Something I said said just went yes in your spirit. Something that I said said, I need to, I need to make that all out sell out. I need to be consumed. I need to let God be my God. If there'd be one in this room, I'm not here to judge. I'm here to help. I'm not here to look down upon. I'm here to help. I'm here to, to lead you to him so that you can have that encounter. If there's one in this room, would you just by simply by raising your hand right up and right back down. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Father, I thank you for these who have raised their hand. I need some prayer warriors to come up here if they would. 
give me three or four prayer warriors to just stand across the front up here with me. I'm going to invite those individuals that raise your hand to come right now. Those of you that are streaming, I pray for you right now. I want you to pray with me. With your head bowed, I want you to say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. For the remainder of my years, Father, I want you to give me the kind of encounter that Moses had that changes me from the inside out and makes me a different man than the man I was when I encountered him. I want to burn, baby, burn for Jesus. I want the world to know that he is my God, that he is my Lord. For those of you watching by Roku TV, you don't have to be left out. This is your moment. This is your moment. Call out. Call out to him. Let him know. Let him know. This is, this is my encounter. God, I want you. I desire you. Make this place holy. And I'll hand you my defilement and I'll receive your holiness. And my nature shall be changed forevermore. This I pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram at Passion Church Mo. Until next time, God bless.